A solo travel woman is a woman who is passionate about exploring new destinations, immersing themselves in different cultures, and really getting out there to create these once-in-a-lifetime memories without letting fear or anyone hold them back. Welcome to the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and each week I am here to help motivate, inspire, and empower you to take your next solo adventure. Whether you've traveled solo before or maybe you're just thinking about it, you're going to learn so much here as we dive into different destinations, give the best tips around budgeting and planning your next solo itinerary. You're going to hear from all different experts and travel enthusiasts about their solo adventures. So I invite you to tune in each week as we take this amazing journey together on the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. Hello, solo travelers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Solo Travel Woman podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. And I want to say I'm sorry for the couple day delay. We had some technical issues. Our guest today, Robin and I actually recorded this a couple weeks ago. It was all ready to go for Monday's launch. And I sounded like one of the chipmunks, um, and so we had to redo it. <laughs> so thank you for your patience. Um, I know I said I was going to get back on schedule, but alas, things happen, and it took me a minute. Uh, but I'm really excited about today's episode. Robin joins us with years of solo travel experience. She is here to inspire and influence women to be their authentic selves and really get themselves out there to explore the world and really take in solo travel experiences. And she also has a really fun take on what solo travel is. And so without further ado, I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, Robin, thank you so much for being here. Ah, thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here and be with your audience. Great. That's amazing. And I definitely think this audience is going to really take away something from today's call because, you know, we're going to really touch on those big questions that you've been asked, I've been asked. I'm sure many women who have traveled solo, we've all been asked these questions. Um, but before we really dive into that, I would love to know and have you, you know, tell our audience a little bit more about yourself, how you discovered, you know, your passion for solo travel and really what led you to, you know, where you are today with, you know, really helping inspire other women and, you know, really anyone to be their authentic selves and really gain confidence through travel. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to share. So I am a lifelong wanderluster. I've been traveling most of my life and internationally since college. I studied abroad in Vienna. First taste into just seeing other cultures and being in different parts of the world. And it just really like expanded that love for adventure that I already had. And so after college, I would travel with a couple of my girlfriends that we studied abroad together and and kind of developed this work to travel mentality where work, save up a bunch of money, save up your vacation time, and then go on a big trip. And so I had that pattern going for a lot my last, my corporate job for 11 years. And it just, it kept getting louder, like the call and the pull to keep traveling. And I would notice in my travels that there would be nomads and people who were just kind of living in a 
expats. And so I would always just be curious about that and think, man, how do they do this? I really would love to do that. And I just noticed like that, that pull just kept getting stronger. And so finally in 2017, I was on a meditation retreat in Guatemala and I received a clear message that I was playing it safe in life and it was time for me to take the leap and follow my dream. So I turned in my notice. I waited a few months um, to get some things in order. And then in 2018, I turned in my notice at my company of 11 years and got rid of my apartment, sold my furniture and many of my belongings, And I set off on a one-way ticket to Australia. What was so, going through your head when you were doing that? Were you like, oh my God, what am I doing? Because I'm like, I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would be having like the worst anxiety, but also really excited at the same time. <laughs> it was surreal, the whole thing. It was like, because I literally like, I'm so loyal and I was, I loved my team and my company and I was supposed to, I, most people give two week notices. I gave a 60 day notice. And then it ended up being 90 because I was like, well, I'm here another month. I might as well continue supporting you guys. And so I literally like stopped my last day of work before the day before I left on my journey. And so that part was kind of like really weird. And then when I stepped foot in Australia, it was like all the feels. It was like exciting, new, like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then it kind of like evolved from there. Like I kept having that mentality like, oh, I'm just on vacation. I'll be back. Yeah. And then it was like, no, you're, you did this. Cause after that I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. And (sighs) so it was just, I only bought one-way tickets for the first eight, nine months of my travels. Wow. And so I think a few months into it, I kind of was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is real. And then I came back to the States um, when I was clear that like, yes, I want to do this and I want to sustain it longer. So I sold my car. And I think that was probably the moment when I sold my car that it like really hit me what I was doing. What made you choose Australia for your first, you know, kind of stop along your journey? So I am a, I'm a travel hacker. For those of you, I'm sure your audience is familiar with that, but basically it's like, <laughs> and they love learning new tips for sure. Yeah, so, so it's if you like have through, any, through credit cards, away. credit cards are primarily the way that I would sign up, like d- get different bonus travel cards. And so I had a Hyatt card and it had been a dream of mine for years to go stay at the Park Hyatt um, on the Sydney Harbor by the Ugh. right near yeah. So I'd oh saved up points and I went and, and that was how, and so I literally went to Australia so I could stay at a hotel. Um, <laughs> hey, but it was a dream of yours. So why it not? totally was. And then I ended up like my sister had some friends there. So I met up with them and stayed with them for a bit. Um, but it was, yeah, it was kind of that pull. Cause I wanted to start, I wanted to celebrate, like this was a huge leap. And so I was like, what better way to celebrate than, do something that I've always been dreaming of doing. And, and that yeah. in itself didn't even feel real. Cause it was like, Whoa, I'm staying at this hotel. That's normally like $900 a night. I'm not paying anything for it. I just quit my job, got rid of my, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. What now do you typically, did you typically stay in hotels? Did you ever do hostels, Airbnb? Like what was your preferred, you know, kind of accommodation 
when you were doing this? Yeah, mostly Airbnb and staying with mutual friends or connections. Um, mm -hmm. So I would just meet meet travelers and or kind of post in Facebook forums before I would go to certain places and get connected with people in that way. Um, so that was yeah. primarily and then hotels, I would just I would save my points kind of for luxury stays in different places. Yeah, so kind of like that, when you needed a vacation from your journey, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not a vacation in every place because you are, you know, you're immersing yourself, you're exploring who you are and all these things. So it's not really a vacation anymore. This is now your lifestyle. And so sometimes you need that break from that then. Yeah. Um, and, and I really like to immerse myself in the culture. And so I find that like, yeah by staying in local neighborhoods or staying with locals, it makes such a big difference for me. So that's kind of why. I yeah. You don't have exactly. You don't have that barrier of the, what the hotel provides for you. That can be, even though hotels are lovely and you know, they employ people and this, that, and the other thing, they also just do put that barrier there when it comes to actually diving into the culture. Um, and a lot of people I know use that host a sister Facebook group. There's that Facebook group host a sister where you can find women in different cities that'll put you up on their couch or, you know, they might have a spare bedroom and things like that. So it's like a fun, safe kind of way to find places to stay if you are doing something like you and traveling all over the place and going to different destinies. Yeah. That's amazing. So how long were you there before you head off? I was in Australia, I think only a week or 10 days, not very long to be like my vacation because yeah. I had just been like getting everything prepared to leave for this journey and so so I allowed myself that space and then I went to Thailand after that for about two months um, wow so tell us about and then Thailand. I kind of just hopped around uh, I've Thailand never been was, there. it's incredible and I went there because I'd reached out to I'd met some people parents who are digital nomads and I reached out to them and I said, Hey, I'm starting this journey. Where do you recommend? And so they had recommended Chiang Mai, Thailand, um, somewhere in Vietnam. And then there was one other place. And so Chiang Mai just, I knew, I knew some friends who had spent a lot of time in Thailand. And so it just really pulled, um, and called to me. So, and I'd never been, I'd never been to Southeast Asia. So that in itself was a whole um, yeah, but it was just, it's such a vibrant, like Thailand for me is that it's vibrant, busy, yet beautiful and peaceful country that I've ever been to. Cause it's like, it's Buddhist culture. And so, which in itself is just very honoring and still in many ways, but then you've got like the bustling cities of Bangkok and like and like all of that and so it, it adds like a vibrancy to it but then you also feel like the energy just kind of feels yeah. like more subtle that's amazing what and what is your favorite place in Thailand Did, now you went to a few different places I remember you saying um which one like really resonated with you the most that you definitely want to go back to one day yeah so Chiang Mai was is Chiang definitely Mai. like in my heart because I lived there most yeah. of the time. Um, and then Copenhagen is a, an island off the coast that I spent some time that I would like to go back to as well. Um, it was a totally different vibe and feel 
Um, so it was really neat to be in that area and just experience like the beaches and the quiet in that way. Oh, nice. Yeah, I definitely, that's a place I definitely want to go. And then I've had um, some friends of mine move to Da Nang, Vietnam. They went there to uh, teach English for a long time and she kind of settled there for a couple years and she's bopped around all over. But I know you said Vietnam was one of the places recommended to you. And I've heard a lot of great things about that specific area of Vietnam. Yes, yeah. So that's definitely a place I would die to check out. I definitely want to go to Asia. I've never been... Um, I've gone to Asia Minor, like I've gone to Turkey, but I've never been to Asia and like to any um, countries over there. So that's definitely on my bucket list to get to sometime soon. Yes. (laughs) The next big trip is Morocco, which I know you've been to. So tell us us more about that because we talked about that because for everyone listening, we did record this before. But I had some technical issues, so we're re-recording because we want to make sure we get this content out to you because it was such a great conversation, and Robin has so many amazing things to share. So on our last call, we talked about Morocco quite a bit, and so I just want to make sure that we touch on that because you had just such a great experience there, and I know it's a country that a lot of women specifically are hesitant to go to, which that's okay to have hesitation. I mean, I have hesitation walking out my front door some days. You know, so I get it, um, but I want to break those stereotypes. And I think hearing your experience would really help that. Yeah. And, oh, man, Morocco is, it's one of my favorite places and it has a deep, deep place in my heart. And I think I, it's one of, it's one of the first places, like I've had, I've had many people make comments to me about traveling as a woman by myself um, in different places, like South America, I had people reach out to me about that. Like, is it safe for you to be there? Um, but Morocco was probably the place that I got the biggest like reaction and yeah. feedback from people in fear. And they were like, you can't travel to Morocco by yourself as a woman. It's not safe. And, yeah. or it's like, you don't know the language. How are you going to get around? And like, just all the the common fears. And I think specifically with like, I really attract to, um, I just think it is some of the most beautiful, hospitable culture. And there's a lot of um, just misinformation out there about it. And so I think a lot of people have it in their brain that it's like, oh, you're going somewhere where your life is going to be in danger when it's really, it wasn't that at all. And I, I had been to Jordan before, so I had had some experience in that culture before but this was the first time I was going like on my own um because in Jordan I had friends that lived there so they were like taking me around and everything and this time it was like I I had I went I spent three days I think with my two friends from college and then they left and then I stayed in Morocco for a few more weeks and so it was almost like when I left it was so exciting because I like, I love taking local transportation places. And so that's part of the thrill for me is like figuring it out and like figuring out the bus system, the taxi system and all of that. And so it was just like everywhere I went, um, obviously I stood out because I'm very white and (laughs) I'm tall. I'm also very tall. So, uh, that would, I would attract attention that way, but it was more like, curiosity and the women there were just like, they would just embrace me um, and just be so excited. And 
being on a bus by myself. It was like a five hour bus ride going down to Agadir. And it was, we, we stopped somewhere and like somebody bought me a coffee and it was just like, just the hospitality or I'd be in a cab. Yeah. And this older elderly woman, like she had the taxi driver stop and we were like taxis in Morocco. They kind of shove, like they just, it's like sardines. So They'll have yeah, three, like three trying to get everyone in, in here. Yeah, so it's like three people in the back in this old, like, 1970s Mercedes. And, <laughs> and so it's just like you're you're just, like, scrunched in. That's and we, we were on a trip, and this um, so this elderly woman had the taxi stop, and she went into the gas station, and she came back with water for everyone. And it's wow. just like little subtle things like that, that I just kept experiencing mm-hmm. through, throughout the country. Um, and then for those who are um, just new to me and my story, I started doing photo shoots on my, during my travels as a way to support local photographers and designers and stylists. And so I knew like when I went to Morocco, I was like, oh, I have to do a photo shoot here. Like, I just, I really want to capture this culture. And so I flew after that, I flew from Agadir to Shifshawan, which they call the blue city and it's beautiful. It is such, yeah. uh, I, you're I think that's what I'm most it. excited for in our itinerary yeah. is going there just because I love that picturesque, like type of like architecture and things like that. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely going to love it. And it's, um, yeah, it's just a gem. And so I hired a local photographer and he helped me get local clothing. Um, and it was, it was such a beautiful experience the day that we had my photo shoot. Cause I was walking around and I'm wearing like this traditional Moroccan gown, like adorned in jewels. It's probably the fanciest thing I've ever worn. Ugh. And all the local women just kept coming up to me and asking if they could take their photo with me. And they were just like honored that I was like embracing their culture. And so it, it's through that, that I, part of my mission is I really want to see places through the eyes of the locals and then support them through that. And so Morocco is just like, it's, it's a special, yeah, just a really special place. And well, and I love that too, like them being so appreciative of the way you embrace their culture, because I'm sure the same way we are fed so many things through our media that are not the most positive about certain cultures. I'm sure it's vice versa. They probably see a lot of like Westernized, like and specifically American, you know, media, like talking negatively about their culture. So to see this, you know, woman come in who's extremely tall. And like you said, you know, you are white and you're from America it's embracing this. They were probably like, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> like, wait, you know, I thought, everyone thought so negatively about us over there. And that's one of the main reasons why I want to go and why I'm bringing the society members there, because I want those stereotypes to be broken down because I'm sick of being forced fed away that we have to believe or think about a certain people or religion or culture. And I want that. I want to provide a way for people to see how beautiful things really are and really appreciate others. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too, is like just learning to respect the culture wherever you go. And I think that's a lot of times what does have 
um, Western cultures, but Americans specifically, since we're American, stand out as when they don't respect. Yeah. So it's like when you go to a Muslim country, you cover yourself. And yeah. So it's it's like respecting the local culture, and so I think that was mm-hmm. part of it too. Was it's like I wasn't just like walking around in a tank top. I was like, no, I'm going to respect. Oh gosh, yeah. The attire here, but then on top of it, it was like I was embracing it. Mm-hmm. in other ways. And so I think that's important to remember as a safety aspect, because that's what a lot of people, when they have fear around traveling to places, whether you're by yourself or with your, you're with a group, it's more about blending in with the culture than standing out. And I think that can be the difference because you can, I mean, I, I laughed when I was studying abroad because Granted, this was like early 2000s, but we would see the cliche American traveler, like white tennis shoes, white socks, khaki shirts, button down floral (laughs) Hawaiian shirt and a fanny pack. And so, and then like, just like you could tell by the energy that they're just like holding on to their stuff and afraid that something's going to happen or, and so it's just like, it's comical now looking back, but it's it's real. Like that's real for people. And so I find that it's like, no, just like embrace and immerse yourself in the culture. Still, still be yourself, but to blend in and that in itself is going to add that layer of safety. Of course. And it's like the same way if you do move to another place, you know, it's like one thing that always breaks my heart is that so many people I know that are from other countries that have moved here have lost their sense of where they come from because they try to blend in so much that they start losing their, who they are and where they're from. And I think what's really beautiful is when you can find that balance of staying true to who you are, where you come from in your culture, but appreciating taking in new traditions from another culture and just really kind of blending it together. I find that to be so amazing. And I feel that way when I travel where yeah, you don't lose sight of who you are. Of course not. But you have to take on different, you know, pieces of the culture of where you're traveling to show your respect, to really immerse yourself and understand it. Because if you don't, you are keeping that barrier up and not really learning anything for yourself. Um, And so I find that to be something really cool when I can see people find that nice balance when they are traveling or moving somewhere new. Yes, exactly. And it it just adds, yeah, and that's the authenticity piece that I just like really carry with me in my travels. It's like, yeah, be yourself and experience, like just allow the space, the places that you travel to, to even broaden who you are more and expand Mm -hmm. upon that more. Although traveling solo is one of the best experiences you can ever have, sometimes it does get kind of lonely. And sometimes it's really hard to find others who share that same passion of traveling and doing it on their own. And that is why I love Tourlina. Tourlina is an amazing app that allows women to connect with fellow female travel companions and locals within a secure and trusted network. 
It is safe and reliable. Every new user gets checked and only verified users can chat with each other. It's for women only, so you could still be part of that solo travel woman network. And it also just makes you want to travel. It's not a dating app and you're never gonna travel alone when you join Tourlina. So my viewers, what's awesome is Tourlina is giving you 50% off a one-year subscription. Use code Sarah50 and go to Tourlina.com slash promo to get your 50% off. Again, that's Tourlina.com slash promo for 50% off. All the details are in the description below. And by being yourself, I mean, it opens you up to so many things, not just experiences, but new relationships. I mean, some of my dearest friends I've made while on the road, you know, and traveling and things like that, because I was true to who I was, but also open, you know, and taking things in as they came to me. And I think, you know, all around just being that way is really going to elevate, you know, every experience you have, whether it's through, you know, culture or through meeting people or whatever that might be while you're, while you are traveling and in life in general, but right. But I want to, okay, so clearly you have tons of experience traveling solo. Um, you know, you love it. You've done so many wonderful things. And so definitely want to chat about the million questions that we get asked. Like you said, um, you know, going to Morocco is one you got the most like kind of negative or pushback on, you know, as a woman traveling solo, because we all know we get asked about safety, about, you know, I've been... I've been told millions of times like oh that's sad you have no one to go with and it's like no it's not sad it's I don't want to go with anyone right, right. <laughs> like you know what I mean like it's like I don't want to answer to anybody I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it <laughs> yeah. um, and then the the affording I think so many people out there think you have to have lots of money to travel and you really tr if you make it a priority in your life you really truly don't and so I'd love to touch on, you know, your thoughts and what you tell, you know, people you're talking to or the women you're inspiring, you know, how do they combat some of these, you know, fears or just negativity that can be thrown at them about to start their solo? Yeah, because, I mean, money is always one of the biggest fears. Like, I have a friend who she, we were in Colorado um, on a trip and she got a hit that she's moved there. And so she's planning to move, but then it's like, she gets, she got back to Dallas and then all those fears started creeping in like, Oh, I'm not going to have enough money or all of this. And so that's a big, a big fear for people that their, their needs aren't going to be taken care of. And the great thing about travel is it literally accommodates to every lifestyle out there, every budget, um, so you can do it however, like there's like Nomadic Matt has a book on traveling for $50 mm -hmm. or less a day. And so it's like, really, it's possible. And then we touched on this um, before, but it's also like making, making connections with people. Yeah. And I, I meet people all over and it's like, they'll introduce me or they'll connect me with somebody and say, Oh yeah, you can go and stay with so-and-so and they have a room that you can stay in and, so there's just, there's always opportunities in that way because lodging is typically one of the most um, expensive aspects of traveling. Oh yeah, for sure. And, 
And so it's just like kind of those little things and it's like, and be open. That's where I say like, be open about it. Cause, um, I, I fully just for myself, I, I believe in like just the beauty of humanity. And I believe that there's more like more kindness in this world than we see obviously on the news. And so it's just like learning to trust yourself and just notice like, my body, I lean into my body a lot to tell me that. So it's just like, I notice how my body feels when I'm meeting people. And do I feel relaxed? Do I feel open? Do I feel like being myself? Or do I feel like I'm closing off, curling in, crossing my arms? So it's like body feeling into your body is a big aspect. And so noticing like, if you feel open and comfortable around people, like that's your body, like giving you that little indicator, like, hey, this person is safe and trustworthy. And so it's like, I, I went zip lining. I went on this incredible adventure in Peru and I ended up, I had no plans in going to this. Uh, I went to Arequipa and then took like a five or six hour bus ride to this Canyon. And uh, it was such a cool journey. And I, I wanted to go, I saw that you could go zip lining over the Canyon. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I want to do that. That sounds amazing. And so I went and there were two, a young Argentinian couple and then a young man from Uruguay. And they were the ones working their only client for the day. And so we ended up afterwards, they invited me back for lunch and then lunch turned into, I stayed, (laughs) stayed the rest of the day and just hung out with them all day. And then I was just like getting to know them. And then, um, I learned from the from the Argentinians that they have, like, she has a sister who lives in Buenos Aires and that's where I was heading at at one point in my journey. And she was like, Oh, I'll connect you with my sister. And so it's like, I ended up going and staying in her sister's apartment when I was there. And so it's just like those little connections that you make throughout that can really support with that. Um, And then also just like with the money factor too, it was like, Patagonia has always been somewhere on my radar, but I always thought that was a bucket list destination because I thought, oh, this is like really expensive. And I just had it in my mind that it was going to be like a really, yeah, just really expensive trip. And when I got to Chile, I connected my old alma mater had a study abroad group there. And so I went and got together with them and was talking to them about it. And they were like, Oh my goodness, no, you can go and rent, you can rent tents. You don't need the equipment. Um, it's super affordable. And they pretty much gave me all the gear that I needed. And then I bought like a last minute ticket and was able to go there. And so it's just like, once you get into the culture, that's when I say like, start talking to locals because they're really going to be able to give you the insights that Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily see. Cause it's like, yeah, if you Google and start researching about Patagonia, you're going to see like all of these tour packages that might be a lot more expensive. And that might be what you're, what you're looking for. But if you're looking for, it's more of an example to show that there's affordable ways to do everything. Um, So it really just comes down to your budget, your lifestyle and, and what's important to you. Like, where you can give and take. Cause sometimes it's like, I'll stay, I'll maybe sacrifice, um, and eat like cook. I'll get an Airbnb and I'll just cook. 
rather than go out. Yeah. And so it just like, you just kind of have to feel your way into it and try on different things to see what works for you and find that balance. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, you know, some things that I do, you know, with that whole sacrificing aspect of things is when I know I'm planning a trip, you know, and it's something I really want to do and it's a bucket list, isn't that I make travel a priority just like any other bill in my life, like a cell phone bill or a gas bill or whatever that is. I travel is that line item on my budget because I do have to budget. I mean, it's the way the world is. I mean, people have multiple jobs. People are, you know, doing many different things to earn money. And, you know, I also am someone who budgets my travel out. And so I always tell people if travel is that important to you, make it a priority like any other, you know, thing that you are committed to every month financially. (laughs) Right. Um, Because it would make life a lot easier. Like, the very few people have money on a whim, you know, lots of money on a whim to just book a trip somewhere and leave the next day. Let's be real. You know what I mean? So it's making it the priority and then sacrificing, like don't get your Starbucks every day. Or like you said, when I'm traveling, I like to, especially if my hotel room or where I'm staying has a refrigerator of some sort, I'll go out and get some yogurts and some string cheese or just stuff to put in that fridge. So maybe I don't have to go out and buy a breakfast or buy snacks. Every, like it just helps in the event to save just a little bit of money because it goes a long way. Um, you know, and like you said, like different little things, like I've had some of the best experiences from people I've met just talking to them when I'm sitting at a park, people watching or this and that. And the next thing you know, I'm invited to go with them to dinner. (laughs) Right. And I didn't have to like go out to eat. Like, and I know that can be scary and, you know, stranger danger, all those things. But if you can just follow your intuition and just, you know, if you have that, if you feel it, you know, definitely be open to those type of experiences. Cause I've had a lot of really cool ones that way. Yes, exactly. And I think that's the thing. It's like, yeah, just be open to it and have that energy. It's like, I always believe that the energy you put out is the energy you attract. Oh, heck yeah, totally. So it's like, yeah, if you just, if you're just really like excited to be there and curious and following that wonderlust and that wonder there, then Mm -hmm. you're going to meet that in return. Exactly. So I want to also touch on more because it kind of goes hand in hand with this inspiration and the advice, you know, you've given, um, based on, you know, kind of what we get as women when we want to travel solo or in life in general, that we always, you know, grow up thinking we need someone else to take care of us and to help us and to through life, etc. And I know you've started this whole movement, um, of solo travel experiences and you've really started to help others really gain confidence and, you know, be who they truly are and utilize who they are to have that confidence to get out there and put themselves out there. Can you touch more on, you know, what you're doing as you're in your movement, I like to say, um, you know, with solo experiences and kind of dive in a little bit more to what you mean by solo? Yeah. So for me with solo, I, it's, um, I spell it as S-O-U-L-O. Because I fully, I can see like when I'm traveling, that's when I really feel connected more to myself. I learn more about myself because it's like when you're on your own and it kind of puts you in a different bracket where you're forced to put yourself out there and meet people and ask for directions or 
do things that are typically out of your comfort zone that when you're back in you're like where you where you live or grew mm-hmm. up or US or your your country or wherever that it's more comfortable so you you don't have to rely on yourself because there's so many conveniences and so I I find that it's like it's that aspect but then it's also like you just learn so much about yourself when yeah you're in like in your own energy and you don't have like others influencing your decisions or your actions. And I found that it just like, I was just connecting with myself on a much deeper level and learning so much about myself. And so I would just get so many comments and people reaching out to me um, through my travels, just asking like, how do you do this? And I would love to do that, but I'm, I'm not there. I'm not ready to do that on my own. And so I started like, just, I basically one day got a download to offer these group experiences for people who want to solo travel, but they're not necessarily ready to do it on their own. And then I'll take them out on an experience. And I like to call it kind of like think amazing race style where I'll send, I'll send them out on challenges. So that's cool. They'll gain, like kind of get that, start gaining that muscle and that comfort, like learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable And then if they're really like, no, I'm not going to go dine at a restaurant by myself, then they have other people in the group that they can rely on. I love that. I always say that to people too. I'm like, start small. We're not telling you to jump into the ocean in the deepest part. We're saying, get your toe wet, go out to eat by yourself, go to, you know, a movie by yourself, take a staycation, go downtown in the city you live in and just book a hotel for the night and stay there. Like do little things more than anybody else and then slowly you'll eventually get to the point where you can maybe get out there and you know book that trip to Morocco <laughs> and go on yeah. your own I right. love that and it's yeah, just, my first yeah, solo like experience was with a few people what happened oh I said it's just a little oh because I mean my first experience I was nervous I didn't I had never left the country and I was like, I, I'm not doing this hundred percent by myself. I went by myself. I didn't know any single person I was going to be meeting there. But once I got out there, I met up with a few other solo travelers who did the same thing where they went by themselves. I was one of the people they were meeting up with. And then we ventured through the country together. So it was still yeah. solo in the sense, like I didn't know anybody, but I had that like comfort of knowing there's other people going through the same experience with me. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And And yeah, it doesn't have to look like, like, and I do offer like solo, I do support people taking solo like pilgrimages, but it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to look like that. I think so many people think that solo travel looks like you're going to be Cheryl Strayed in wild yeah, and like have a backpack on your back, like, Mm -hmm. you know, going on your own like that. But or an eat, pray, love experience. But it's like, it is like, there are those aspects of it. But it's also like, I always say, like, you're only alone. If you choose to be. And there's a difference yeah. like between and alone. And so that's part mm-hmm. of the solo aspect is really learning to be comfortable with yourself and be alone with yourself and recognize yeah. that you're really not alone, because you're getting to know yourself on a, that deeper level. Oh, 100%. And don't be surprised. Anyone who's listening, do not be surprised if you get into this 
and you start doing this. And then next thing you know, you're like, I don't ever want to travel with anybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that's me. I yeah. love, love, love my mom more than life itself. She is my best friend. Um, recently we went to Italy together and I found myself having to learn how to be more patient and how to, you know, I found myself worrying more about how she, how her time was versus mine. And I was like, this is why I travel alone. I love you, mom. And I'm so blessed and fortunate to have this experience with you. But (laughs) I was like, now I, I understand why I do this by myself. I was like, I'd love to get out there and just like fly, you know, just kind of fly and soar on my own, you know, path. Um, and it was definitely, I think so many of you who have not embarked on your solo journey and you're utilizing, whether this podcast, just this episode or books you're reading or whatever that is to get the inspiration to do it, you're going to find yourself never looking back once you do it. (laughs) No, because it's, yeah, it's like you, you just learn, you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I had plans to go to this museum, but today, Mm -hmm. you know what, I actually don't feel like doing it anymore. But when you're, yeah oh, but we had plans. Let's go. And exactly. You can also like just be more open to like, it really solo travel has really supported me in releasing attachment and expectation because things happen when you travel, things happen. You can't control like flight delays or trains oh, or yeah. anything like that. Um, and so it just, it's learning to kind of go with the flow more and then you kind of release those attachments. Um, and I've missed opportunities before of like wanting to go to like some amazing landscapes and like a glacier or, or somewhere, but then the weather conditions didn't permit. And I always find it's like when my plans change, I end up somewhere else that I never would have gone or likely yeah. would not have made it to. And it ends up being like most oh. of the time it ends up being like the gem of my trip. That is so true. I was, when I went to Peru and I did the trek to Machu Picchu, you know, after the trek, I was only supposed to be in Cusco another few days and then fly home. Well, Hurricane Irma had hit Florida and I was flying into Florida. And by the time I got through the airline, there was no more flights into Florida for like a week. All the flights to Houston were then also sold out. And I ended up having a, like another almost two weeks. And which, you know, most people would have, you know, heart palpitations. They would freak out, like, no, right. you know, whereas, yes, I was, I was nervous because I didn't bring a laptop, so I couldn't work. Like, I had to take the extra time off work, et cetera, and I was fortunate enough to be able to, but I would never have done some of the cool things I did. I actually went to a painting class, and I met a gentleman who was from Australia who came to Peru 20 years earlier for a solo trip, met a woman, never went home. And now him and his wife teach people how to paint on the mountainside. Like, how cool is that? And I got to, you know, learn, I got to, you know, make my own chocolate bars because I went to the museum of Coke, like cacao and like all this cool stuff. And I wouldn't have done that had I didn't, had I not had the additional time there because of something that happened that was out of my control. Right. So you got to embrace it. I mean, it's all about adapting to change. And I think, if anything, the past 20 months has taught us is that we all need to get better at adapting to change because things have been changing daily, <laughs> you know, since, um, you know, the lovely C word came into play. In, right. You know, March. <laughs> yeah, and that's, year, and that's like. the biggest thing I get with people when they're wanting to, because I'm still like, I'm still feeling into it before I lead 
a trip um, just based on like where the countries are and because things literally could change at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's part of it is just like learning, learning to go with the flow and and trust. And it's like, yeah, it's it's unfortunate when trips get canceled canceled and but then you don't know you just don't know what else is going to come in its place um Mm -hmm. so I think it's just it's a beautiful lesson in learning to trust and let go like surrender exactly well Robin this has been an amazing conversation and one thing I always like to do before the end of it um is I always like to ask my guests if you were to give one key piece of advice or something for our listeners to really take away that you think would benefit them, whether in solo travel specifically or something that can span solo travel and life, or if it's about shopping, I don't care, just something (laughs) inspirational that really would help and benefit our listeners. What would that be? Yeah, uh, so many things, but I would say to lean into your desires and what piques your interest And rather than like, because we so easily get influenced by what our friends are doing or our family or just those around us that sometimes it's like we can lose sight of that. So I would say start following that curiosity that shows up for you and then carry that out, like carry it out into your daily life, start following that curiosity and then expand it a little more and then a little more. And then it's like, next thing you know, you'll be sitting by yourself in Chiang Mai Thailand and reading a book and like, wow, how did I get here? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening on. And if you really liked what you heard today, give us a rating. We love to hear from you and get your feedback. See you next week.